It's the Dogcast, episode number 147, The G-Day Game. It's the Dogcast, your 100,000-watt flamethrower, coming live from underneath Sanford Stadium, six floors down in the bunker. Me and Old Dog. Old Dog, are you with me, man? Are you here? Are you ready to go? Yes, I am. I'm ready to go. This is the G-Day Show, episode 147, by fans, for fans, the greatest bulldog podcast of all time, award-winning Worldwide, old dog. I'm feeling my oats today, baby. This is it. Well, this, good. Is, this is G Day, man. This is it's the you know the culmination of spring. It's uh, it's what it's all about, man. In spring yeah, practice, it, this ushers in the dog days of summer, man, yeah. where there's absolutely nothing going on. Exactly, which is why I'm trying to pop off. I'm feeling kind of jumpy right now, you know, because yeah. this is the last meaningful thing we've got to talk about for five months. Yeah, and Four I mean, and this, and, and this really isn't all that meaningful, but we just, as football fans, we just grasp at anything we possibly can to keep that burning alive. Exactly. We're, we're, we're the keepers of the flame, baby. Keepers of are. the flame. And let me tell you, before we get going, I got a little shout-out, old dog. A little shout-out. Because, you know, we've got a lot of listeners in Lawrence, Kansas. You know it's in Lawrence, Kansas, don't you? Lawrence, Kansas. Rock and, rock and chalk, I believe. Rock, chalk, Jayhawk. Rock, chalk, Jayhawk, baby. Listen, okay. congratulations. Well, that, that, that's enough. We'll give them as many problems as we did the Georgia basketball team. Yeah, exactly. Because congratulations. We really, because we really don't care. We really don't, but we no. have listeners in Lawrence. I'm going to give them a little shout-out. Congratulations on the men's national championship basketball team, Kansas Jayhawk. Now, do you know, are, are they big fans of the Kansas basketball team? I, I, I mean, think everybody just because they in the live in Lawrence. Of, no, no, no. It's it, look, man. It's Kansas, dude. They don't have much going on out there. I mean, That's they really, really don't have much going on out there. I think they are big fans. Okay. Okay. So, dog fans, this is the G Day broadcast. Our G Day follow up. You know, we had a uh, lots of you know some tough weather. Uh, we didn't have a great day for football. Well, I don't know. Every day is a great day for football. Don't let me say that. If if the dogs are on the turf at Sanford Stadium, it's great. But it was it did it depress was miserable. Turnout. It was miserable weather. Yeah, it depressed turnout. No doubt about that. And uh, so we we only had about twenty five thousand in the stands. They had them on both sides of the bowl this year. And uh, you know it was it, it yeah you know it, it was what it was. It was it just wasn't that full. Uh, oh, what's it matter? It doesn't matter. I I'm mean, just, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if you and I were the only two people there. Yeah, but I'm trying watching. to give. I'm trying I to give know, the you're, people you're who into all there. This, you're into all this stuff. You're worried about the fact that Alabama packed their stadium last year, and and that really helped their season, didn't it? Listen, I'm not worried about that. I'm trying to give the people who weren't there, you know, kind of a mental picture, old dog. 
just chill. Oh, okay, man, just, so you're oh, okay, so you're trying to be like Larry Munson. Well, I, then then here's what you need to do. You need to come on and you say. Get the picture. Get the picture, dog And fans. then describe the stadium. North-south. North stands, south stands, lower bowl, about half full on both sides. That's it, dog fans. Get the picture. All right, you feeling me? Now, crisp, clear. Crisp and Spring clear. day. Light drizzle. Heavy rain at times. Dogs come out. Half of them are in white jerseys. Half of them are in red. Ooh, red helmets, exciting. Red helmets. G on the side. Silver britches. Black cleats. Matthew Stafford, green jersey. Joe Cox, Logan Gray, green jerseys. Um, okay, here we there go. There you go. There you go. Game time, not a game time decision, but during the week we decided not to do our standard 10-minute quarters. They backed it off to 8-minute quarters because Coach Rick said he was worried about injuries. Even so, Vince Vance went out with a high ankle sprain at the, almost the end of the game. He was like one minute away from playing the entire game without an injury. High ankle sprain, no big deal. But I know if you guys saw the game, you saw him limp off, telling you his ankle's fine. So, old dog, let's talk about the game. Well, let's talk about Larry Munson first, having brain surgery. <laughs> okay, you want to talk about Larry Munson having brain surgery? Well, just just the fact We're that all he over had the place. it. Yeah, he did. He had brain surgery. Tell us what you heard about the brain surgery. Were you? Were I, you I heard. Were I you heard at the waiting room. I heard he didn't die, and his recovery is expected. Um, you know, says it won't interfere with him calling home games, I really don't think he's going to call any games this season. I, this is it, and he just he just can't give it up and doesn't want to. i but, tell you what. But now, we're moving in. Let me just say this about the Larry Munson thing. I, you know, I, listen, I like Larry Munson. You know, I mean, I appreciate what he's done for the university and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I wasn't trying to – I mean, we. I wasn't – I'm torn about this trying to push him out the door thing, but he knows damn good and well that those cups that they did for him last year said, hunker down one more time. And they had all the quotes, you know. It was like his swan song season. He accepted those cups, thought they were a great idea, got the award from Damon Evans, got the letter jacket, got all of that, you know, victory lap stuff for his last season. And then, after the last game, says, hey, what the hell, I might go another season. Dude, well, that ain't right. That and, ain't right. And, and maybe not. And I'm, I'm going to relate it to something near and dear to all of our hearts here. You know, this is Masters weekend. We're coming up on the greatest golf tournament in the history of golf tournaments. And you got hangers on, and then you got guys like Jack Nicklaus with class, that know when it's time to hang it up. You got Arnold Palmer. You know, he's going to be in that, you know, first group of old guys that can barely hit the ball out of their shadow anymore, <laughs> but are going to be there forever and ever until they drop dead like Gene Sarenson and the rest of them. <laughs> then you have a class guy like Jack Nicholas who said, if I can't compete anymore, I'm not stepping foot on the course. I'm not interested in being there today, if I can't compete. Today at the Par 3 tournament. They said it was Nicholas, Gary Player, and Arnold Palmer played together in the thing. At the end of it, they start making, you know, the ESPN guys are there, you know, hey, you know, maybe we'll see this foursome one Thursday. You know, well, what do you think? You know, starting it off, being the honorary starters, all that, do you, do you ever think we'll see it? All, you know, teeing off on the, on the hole number one on a Thursday. 
they all kind of look at each other. Nicholas said, depends on what Thursday you're talking about, but it ain't going to be the start of the Masters. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Well, that's just, he, he knows how to bow out with class and not hang around longer than you need to. I agree, but I'm just telling, you know, my point is, I mean, you're right about the class issue, but man, it ain't, that is just not cool to take your victory lap and receive all that adulation, all that last season of your career adulation, and then get finished and say, hey, I might go another one. That's just, that's well, really just not cool. I mean, it goes beyond not being classy. That's just kind of, uh, I don't, I, I got a word in mind, but I'm not going to say it. Anyway, enough Larry Munson. Let's talk about the G-Day game. Um, we're trying to drag this show out. Let's talk about the G-Day game. Okay. First off, first first impression, Mo Mass not playing, Kenneth Harris not playing. Those are our two starting, two of our starting receivers, both of them not playing. They're replaced by these two guys, Chris Durham, big, tall, white kid, and Mike Moore, famous movie documentary. You're maker. not turning this into a racial thing, are you? No, I'm not. I just because I because I'm I'm getting out of this right now. If this is going to turn racial, I like Chris Durham. I just like a big, tall, white kid playing receiver because it, <laughs> it's so stinking rare. Reminds you of yourself. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, Chris. Dur- I mean, Chris Durham. I mean, I I couldn't carry Chris Durham's cleats, man. But there's just something. There's a novelty about. Like an Ed McCaffrey playing for the Broncos. But anyway, you know, there's a little novelty because it's so rare to see a, a big, tall, fast, white kid yeah. playing receiver. Chris Durham, Michael Moore playing receiver. Chris Durham, first play of the game, takes that little swing pass. And lights goes, it up. Lights it up for like 37 yards yeah. going down the sideline like a bullet. Asher Allen comes over and hauls him down by the collar, man. I really like that. Tell me what you thought about the receivers. The big impression, guys, if you didn't see the game, receivers catching balls. It was, and and that, I think, struck me more than anything. Uh, You know, the quarterbacks seemed sharp. Stafford looked good. Balls were being delivered in a very timely fashion. Uh, You know, had some real laser throws out there. And I tell you, the two guys, I mean, Durham was good, but the two guys that impressed me, Michael Moore dropping the video camera, not making documentaries anymore, and has like glue on his hands. I'm telling Catching you. everything that's thrown to him. And Troop had a, had a good uh, good game, too. He made some good catches. I'm telling it you. Was, it and was, some good blocks, too. Yeah. Israel Troop was making some really good downfield blocks. And Be the receivers were getting, yeah, and they were getting a lot more physical. Of yeah. course, we've got a lot more physical receivers, too. I tell I mean, you. They're, they're tall. And they're they're tall, muscular, and you know again we are going to be centering around a run game this year, and uh, receivers need to be blocking downfield. And it looks like these guys are fitting the bill. Yeah, we are stacked, stacked at receiver, we, and that's why no one needs to be drinking the uh, AJ Green Kool Aid this year. We've got because he's going to be a red shirt. Absolutely, we got Tavares King. That kid can play. Walter Hill can play. Israel Troop can play. These guys are young, and they're playing, and you're absolutely right. A.J. Green should absolutely be redshirted, and there should be no discussion about that because we have got so many receivers. Between Mo Mass and Kenneth Harris, 
Chris Durham and Mikey Moore and the other guys that are returning, plus all these new kids like Hill and King and Troop. Yeah. We do not need AJ Green on the field right now. We just no. don't. I mean it'd be it would be good for him to be able to sit out a year, not lose any eligibility, learn the plays, get into the system, get a little more strength on him. Uh you know, it a red shirt year never hurts anybody but the fans. Right. So you got Michael Moore catching two TDs. Great catch. And I mean and on bullets too. Oh man, I'm telling you guys. I I don't know if it was late in the second quarter or early in the third quarter. I think it was early in the third quarter. I'm I'm not kidding you, Bill. I mean, I'm not kidding you, old dog. Whoops, sorry, I almost used your actual name there. That that's uh, all right. I know exactly. I'm not kidding you, old dog. Matthew Stafford threw a ball, and if you guys were there, you saw it because they showed it like three times on the stadium TV. It was about, I'm telling you, it was 35 yards. If it was one yard, and it was so, it went so hard and so fast, it might have been. I'm telling you, you just don't see regular. That it was, it was a Matthew Stafford thing. That ball, you say laser like. I mean, it was like I turned, I turned to Mrs. Uh, Showbiz wife and said, "That right there is the kind of throw that, that people say, you know, Matt, that's a Matthew Stafford thing." It was a cannon shot, dude. It was. I can't believe it didn't knock the damn tight end down. I mean, it was amazing. But anyway, I, enough you know, about and, Matthew Stafford's arm strength. But I'm telling you, that kid really, he is the real deal when it comes to arm strength, man. Well, and he looked, i tell you, though, the, the main thing that I liked about it, and my overall impression, too, I think the I would give the offense an A and probably the defense a B. Uh, I think the offense, offense to me outshined the defense. Both played very, very good, and I think probably one of the reasons I'm giving the offense a B is because they were playing against Georgia's offense. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to really gauge how good our defense is going to be when they're playing against probably one of the best if not the best offense in the nation coming in. Absolutely. Uh, no Sean, what little bit he was in looked good. Uh offensive line, you know, they were okay. Uh you know, we had a couple guys out, bowling was out, uh had a couple guys playing out of position. Uh they're still shuffling around a little bit thinking about getting, you know, who were going to be the best five to get down there. Caleb King uh, you know, not that I'm drinking his Kool-Aid because I'm still on the No-Shot Kool-Aid, but uh, King looked good, and I think it's going to be a real good backup to No-Shot. And I'd love to see a couple sets, you know, where they have both guys in because that's really going to screw up some defenses. There's no doubt. I mean, I, I would agree with you about our defense. I thought, I mean, they played really good. We had some standout play. Jeff Owens looks great. I tell you, I love our defensive line, our defensive ends. We're so deep. At linebacker and defense, you know, our interior, the box guys. Between linebacker, defensive ends, and down linemen, we are looking great. With Cade yeah. Weston and Jeff Owens and Rennie Curran and Dewberry, all those guys in there. Yeah, Eller, our, Ellerby had a good had a good scrimmage, too. I mean, sure it did. just, you know, you can't say enough about it. And, again, if you get the front guys, the, the line and the linebackers playing well, makes, again, probably, you know, what, again, is going to be coming in a weakness for us is going to be our defensive backs. 
it's going to make them look a whole lot better when we put pressure on the quarterback. Absolutely. Just, I mean, you look back to the Hawaii game. Um, I mean, you know, if you got the quarterback crying in the backfield, yeah, I'm not worried about him going it's, deep it, on it's, him. It's hard. It's hard to throw through tears. Yeah. So let's talk about the thing that everybody wants to talk about. I, you know, let's talk about Caleb King because that's the thing everybody wants to talk about. Old dog. I know you think, you know, Caleb King had some good runs. He had some good runs. He had an eight-yard run, nine-yard run, a 12-yard run. He showed some good moves. He had a spin move one time that yeah. was pretty electrifying. He got a lot of ooze and ahs. It looked like Chunk Muncy back there. Yeah, I think, I still think he's getting more than his fair share of love, though, you know? But um, I, well, I don't I, think he's earning all the love he's getting right now. Well, you know, it, it's like it's like anything else. The second stringer is always going to be, you know, called for quarterback, sure. running back, whatever. Uh, you know, from what I could see, King I think is going to be a good running back for us. But uh, you know, Noshan is definitely the bomb. Noshan is the guy. Noshan's going to be the featured back, and unless he gets hurt, God forbid, he is going to be a Heisman Trophy candidate. And we're not going to have, like we have in the past, is sharing and, you know, running back 1A and 1B and all of that stuff. We're going to come into this season with a clearly defined order of we got a starter at quarterback and we got a backup. We got a starter at tailback and a backup. We got a starter at fullback and a backup. And I think that's going to go across the line and the receivers also. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, you know, I think the receivers, more than anybody else, are probably going to be pretty interchangeable guys. But, uh, you know, the only reason Noshaw needs to be out of the game is if he wants to be. I agree 100%. And I think, you know, he's going to be – Caleb King is going to be a breather for Noshaw, basically. And I think that's the way it should be. Well, and I think and I think they're going to come up with some different sets, too, where they have both the guys in the backfield. Sure. And, you know, that's going to be doubly dangerous because, I mean, you know, King is no slouch. No, not at all. all. I mean, but, he, had, uh, he had 31 yards on six carries, you know, but three of those carries, like I said, were, of you know, greater than eight yards, you know, eight yeah. yards. And, and, had, and had good instincts running. I mean, he he is a good running back. There's no doubt about it. But he is not, uh, you know, he's not the second coming of Herschel Walker, which, of course, is what all of us great Georgia fans want to see. Right. But you know he, you know he's very athletic. He makes real good direction changes. He's really well balanced. He seems to have a lot of good football instincts. But as you said, he he's no Noshan Moreno because the difference between a guy like Caleb King and Noshan Noshan runs like he's angry. You know. Yeah. I mean, he runs like he's mad about it, and that he the way he accelerates into the contact, and I think that will rub off on Caleb King. I think King has an opportunity to be a better running back just for having watched Noshawn Moreno. I think Noshawn Moreno could teach every one of our running backs a thing or two. And, um, you know, I think I've got high hopes for Caleb King, but I do not think for a second that he is even going to breathe down uh, Noshawn's neck. He's not going to pressure Noshawn Moreno at all for the no, starting job. No, I mean, I, Joe Cox has a better chance of pressuring Matthew Stafford for the starting <laughs> position. <laughs> You know, than the other way around. But and I think you make a good point too. If you you raise the better people you play with in any sport, you raise your level to them. I mean, football, you know, King, 
is behind what looks like to be probably the best running back in college football this season. He's got to raise his level of play. You know, it's like that in, in football, golf, you name it. You want to play with better people because that improves your game. I totally agree. Sorry, I was drinking a little Kool-Aid there. That's okay. Is it no song Kool-Aid or yeah. Stafford Kool-Aid or I, what you're sipping on? I tell you, I'm I'm going. You know, or is it the AJ Green Kool-Aid? Because uh, I because I know you're. Uh, dude, I am all full on the No Sean Moreno Kool-Aid. I'm I'm picking up a little Matthew Stafford Kool-Aid right now. I hear you. Because I'm telling you, Stafford's. Uh, accuracy, his confidence in the pocket, his delivery and willingness to take the underneath stuff, his delivery downfield. I'm telling you, you know, we've never been huge fans of Matthew Stafford on this program, but um, I really hope he's going to be more, not just adequate, not just serviceable, but more than adequate. You know, really, really get the ball and do great things with it this year. That's what I'm hoping for Matthew Stafford. Well, and I think this this year and next year for him will be should be his two years really shine because at this point he's got all the tools. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got a running game, he's got a plethora of receivers that have now stepped up and appear to be able to catch the ball and with every game that goes by from the beginning of last season through this season and next season, he's got a young offensive line that's going to be playing together that's going to do nothing but get better game after game after game. I think he's got a lot more confidence back there as to what he can do knowing that he's going to get protection and knowing he's got a running game to back him up and it's just not all on him and his arm to win that I think he probably felt like his freshman year and maybe a little bit of last year too. Right. I'll say one more thing, too, about Caleb King before we go into defense and special teams. I'm still a little worried, and we talked about this last year, about the way he was dancing on the sidelines and seemed to be, like, really happy with himself even when he wasn't in the game. You know, after the game this past week, the G-Day game, you know, he's talking about how, you know, he's quoted in the Athens paper saying he's not surprised by his performance. You know, he's a football player, and he believes every time he plays he's going to produce and all that kind of stuff. You know, note to Caleb King, you need to be super humble all the time. Super humble, dude, because you don't need to be talking this smack about how good you are and what you're going to do. Not only because you're playing behind possibly the best running back in college football right now, but because you ain't done nothing yet, okay? Right. 31 yards in the G-Day game ain't nothing, okay? So don't be telling me about how awesome you are and how great you are and all that kind of stuff until until you're actually doing something. Um, yeah, let's uh, let, let's see what he does against uh, against Tennessee. Yeah, exactly. I want to see him run in Baton Rouge. I want to see him run in Jacksonville. Run against Tennessee and Alabama. You know, for eleven, twelve games, and then get yeah. back to me. Now, what about defense? Did you see any? What kind of standout performances did you see? Do you want to single anybody out on defense? Well, you know, again, it was it's tough to really single anybody out in a G-Day game. I mean, you got some surprise guys and everything else. I was impressed with the overall speed of really both the first and the second team defenses. And, you know, these guys are going to be changing all the time. I think, again, our strength is going to be on our line and then in our linebacking core with our weakness, probably our defensive backs, although 
they seem to be a lot more mature and and have a lot better coverage and seem to be a lot more comfortable back there. Yeah. But uh, you know, other than the the normal guys, uh, Kern, Jeff Owens, uh, you know, just you know, there's no no true standout that I can say you know from the G Day game. But I had a good I had a good feel that the defense is is there and is confident and is going to gel. I agree. And uh, you know, I think I, I think our linebacking core with Rennie Curran and those guys are, are going to really. I'm hoping they're going to really step up this year. And Asher Allen jumped a route, knocked some balls down. You know, Asher Allen is being. Uh, he just got nominated for the uh, Ronnie Lott Award for 2008. You know, or 2009, whatever you call this season. Well, so, again, again, I'm going to go back and, and reference you right back to what you said about Caleb King. Mm-hmm. That's real good. Let's see what you do this season. Yeah, exactly. But you know, you know, a little a little preseason nomination, you know, carries about as much weight as being preseason number one. <laughs> I know. I just well. Let's good. prove it on the field. Well said, Mister Bill. Well said. Thank you. Well, let's talk just a little bit about uh, special teams before we go because we had a couple surprises. How about yeah? You know, no you one, got... no one returned punts, and 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 Drew Butler looked like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, Drew Butler, Kevin Butler's, Drew Butler's son. got a scholarship because his dad kicked a 63-yard field goal against Clemson. I think maybe a lot of people don't know this. If you don't know this, Kevin Butler was like a guest coach for the G-Day game this past weekend, along with guys like Quincy Carter and Frank Ross, who Frank Ross's son is also on the team Yeah, as a big athlete right now, possibly a tight end. Now, was Quincy Carter there? Yeah, Quincy Carter was there. No. I thought DJ no, Shockley was D- there. My bad. Sorry. Quincy, Quincy was down in the project selling dope. I'm he was sorry. in Athens, but I don't think he was at the game. <laughs> he was over behind Clark Central over there off of Baxter slinging a little rock. So, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You're right. My bad. I said Quincy Carter, and I meant DJ Shockley. Sorry about that. Quincy Carter was slinging rock behind Clark Central yeah. off of Baxter. Anyway, yes, DJ Shockley was there, Frank Ross, uh, you know, some old guys there. But you're right, Drew Butler, Kevin Butler's son. Kevin Butler may be the best kicker in Georgia history, certainly the most well-known and the most professionally successful kicker in, in Georgia history. His son didn't look that great, did he, old dog? You, you no, even... his, his son sucks. <laughs> but the good news is, we got two. We got Brian Mims. <laughs> we got Brian Mims punting it, and we got two walk-on kickers, Brian Bear and Andrew Jensen. This kid, Brian Bear, kicked a 52-yarder at the end of the first half, and walk-on Andrew Jensen kicked a 47-yarder yeah. in the first half. Now, you know, but, but let's couch that a little bit. There was no rush. That's true. Either. That's true. No rush. You know, I mean, this is like this is like those guys warming up, you know, before the game, you know, with the little tee and kicking and everything. We also got this other kicker coming in. The kid from Florida. That's from Florida, you know, that apparently can kick him from 80 yards and all that. The biggest disappointment I had is there were no kickoffs in the G-Day game because we need an end zone kicker i'm hoping one of these walk-on kids has got the leg to do it i don't i I hope so too because that really going into this season is probably the biggest question mark we have is special teams i agree and it is not addressed very well during spring practice and certainly not in these scrimmages 
That's why I covered it, because if you didn't see the game, you might not know that we had two walk-on kickers, both hitting over 45-yard field goals. You might not have known there wasn't a rush either. But we had no kickoffs at all. And no rush on punts either, which is why it was just shocking that Drew Butler, you know, Couldn't get a ball off. Couldn't get a ball off. God, man. I mean, how can you not just punt? You're out there on the field basically by yourself. All you got to do yeah. is catch the snap and punt it. Um, yeah. Well, like, like I say, that boy is on the team because Daddy kicked a 63-yard field goal against Clemson. That was a great game. It, it was. And, yeah. and, and his grandson should have a scholarship there, too. <laughs> well, dog fans, on that uh, expensive note, we're going to wrap this show up. Old Dog, you got anything else you want to cover, man, before we go officially into the dog days of summer? No, that that's really about it. I mean, it's going to be a tough summer. I tell you, one thing that is really going to delight me, though, is we are, you know, we started with the, with the Tim Tebow Mythbuster show. Mm-hmm. We are going to address the delusionness, delusionalness, if that's a word, of South Carolina fans. Oh. They are they have just gone absolutely insane and crazy. And in a couple weeks when we have a, a more than more than enough no Sean Moreno Kool Aids, we are gonna get back on here and we are just gonna bust one every myth that there is about the South Carolina Gamecocks. <laughs> and of which there are plenty. If you don't live in the South, you might not know about all the things that are going on with the Gamecocks. But they have <laughs> the Gamecock program and Steve Spurrier, Steve Spurrier Jr., Steve Spurrier the third, Steve Spurrier the fourth. I think they're all over there doing different things. And, uh, and that, that program... Uh, it, it, is going off the rails. They, you know, they were number six in the country at one time last year at six and one, and they ended the season with five straight losses. And they may be on track for an zero and eleven season because they I, the I, damn wheels are coming off over there's Columbia. There's just there's just no telling. But I mean, we do need to address that. We, uh, you know, we'll address Saban mania that that apparently is still there. Yes. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about Les Miles. What's he going to do with uh, Paralu, who is you know just out of control? We know what he's going to do already, old dog. You know what down. he's going to do. Yeah, he's going to he's going to play him. He's going to play him exactly because that's all he's got. We've got other things to talk about over the summer too, dog fans. Our brutal, absolutely no kidding, all kidding aside, our brutal schedule we have. Tough, We're going to go through that line by schedule line. in the nation. But I'm I but you. I tell you what. I don't need to hear any of this crap about we're the only team that's playing five coaches that have won national championships. We got nine because, coaches with national because championships. Because who cares? I agree, but I'm man, I'm telling you, I mean, traveling, you know, you know, Vince, Vince Dooley won a national championship too. Well, listen, we you got know, to and, travel. And, and four years after that, does anybody really? The fact you're a coach and you won a national championship at some, some time in your history, yeah, really. Doesn't doesn't have anything to do with your team <laughs> this year. I agree, but listen, traveling to Arizona State, hosting Alabama, you know, the Tennessee game, going to LSU, back to back with LSU and Florida, and then back Auburn. to back, L- back to back LSU, Florida, and Auburn is going to be tough. That's uh, going to be tough. Tennessee has got to be an absolute revenge. 
gain force, and we just need to pound Alabama into the ground. We need to pound just, South Carolina into the ground, too. Yeah, oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about uh, that. Call Cincinnati. Uh, and the other thing, too, that, that I don't know if it's going to happen, but if it does, I want to call for if If ESPN decides to have game day in Athens, I want to call for a boycott of it because ESPN is the reason that we did not play in that national championship game. Ooh, coming out give, hot about the game give, day crew, huh? And to give ESPN any love at all would be wrong. You know they're going to be in Athens. You know they're coming to Athens. And you know Herb Street's going to be there. And Herb Street, I go, I'll go further than that. Well, I tell, you, I, I tell you what, he it's can kiss my Herb he Street. can kiss my ass at the at the arches. Kirk Herb Street is the reason we didn't play in that game because he immediately went on the daggum offensive about us not winning our conference championship. Blah blah blah. Yeah. But anyway, well, if you're if if you do go to game day. If you do go to game, you better be there to heckle. Yeah. All right, dog fans. And and call them out for the pieces of shit that they are. Ooh, listen now. Yeah. Out, that's down it. With that language, All dogs dog. said it. <laughs> that's right. Okay. On that on that mild profanity, we are going to call this show a, to an end, guys. Spring practice is over. We will be back periodically through the summer with some different things about the schedule and our opponents, other teams, and how they stink. Everything you need to know. If you've got any ideas about things you want us to talk about over the summer, let us know. Dog fans, thanks for listening. We appreciate your support. We appreciate you listening. And remember, go dogs.